Hey guys, it's Dr. J. And Apostle Sherman. And we are so excited that you have tuned in for this week's message. We pray that it blesses you and helps to transform your life and the direction that God has for you. Enjoy the message. How many of you were at Anwar Lawn on the lawn last week? Wasn't it amazing? And we're excited about you being at week number two. Thank you, gentlemen. So today, we start a brand new series called what? All right, some people are getting their notifications, reading their emails. So the series is called Let's Grow Old Together. Now, who thought it was on relationships? Okay, y'all did pretty good. Okay. So it is not on relationships, even though we love relationships. But this series is all about growing old together as a church family and a church community. Um, Apostle and I have been dating since, um, woo. 1997, July 4th, 1997, so we started dating. Amen. We started dating in 1994. That we needed to take some time and shop around I mean, shop and around. get to know other people. And I'm not talking about like secular people. I'm saying the, the like church community was telling us to shop around, try out some different people, get some soul ties. You know what I mean? Get like, you a few. Get, get you a few soul ties. Get you a couple of soul ties before you decide that this is the one you're going to be with. But to me, it's indicative of really the state of our culture. And there's this idea that if you are to stay with one person, to stay with one job, to stay with one church community, that somehow you're missing out on the others. But I don't know about you, but when God says yes about something, I literally don't need to shop around because I don't need another. And so there's, it's very important that we are clear on what God has for us so we don't fall into that. You know, the funny thing is that 27%, y'all know I love stats, only 27% of believers have attended their church for 25 years or more. 27%. Other than that, people be, you know, shopping around. Um, I also found it very interesting that the divorce rate is almost identical to that shopping around thing. People, when you look at uh, couples that celebrate 25 years of marriage, only about 33%. So we jump out of marriages and jump out of churches at about the same rate. Watch yourself. Listen. It's, it's, it's important that we grab it because that's why we thought it was necessary for us to do a series like Let's Grow Old Together. And our concept for this series is finding forever family in unexpected places. Yeah. Finding forever family in unexpected places. And I think some of the places where we oftentimes do not expect to find family, unfortunately, is in the house of God. Yeah. Um, we think it's just a place where we come and worship, do our Sunday routine, check it off the list. But I believe that God wants you to find forever family right here in this unexpected place. I want you to get your Bibles, and we're going to Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 2. Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 2. We're going to jump into the word of God. Are you excited about the new series? I am. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 2. It says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. 
And in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor upon Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry. Somebody say very angry. Very angry. And his face was downcast. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. We're going to speak and preach a message uh, this evening entitled Unoffendable. Unoffendable. And so um, we talked a little bit about this concept of leaving a church uh, versus growing old together with a church community. Um, one of the reasons, of course, in our churches why people leave, about 10% of people leave because they really leave to go to be with the Lord. Okay, 12% uh, of people report that they leave a church because of job relocation. 12% uh, say they just prefer another church. So they just picked a different one. But the number one reason... The number one reason that people report that they leave churches with a whopping 66% is because they are offended. Now, did everybody use that word? No. But it falls under the biblical definition of what offended means. Okay, so 66%. So the number one reason is that people are offended. Um, I think that it's really interesting, and we talked about this and we said we didn't want to um, start telling all of these, you know, tragic stories of offense and different things like that. But I will say this. It is oftentimes really amazing to me, like shocking, at why some people leave the church. Not this church per se. Now, this church, this church got some interesting stories, too. Uh, but I'm saying the church as a whole. People leave for all kinds of what I perceive to be silly reasons. Um, people perceive that somebody said something or an action was taken. And the most interesting thing about it is when they are asked why they left or why they are leaving, they do not tell the truth. My God. They also do not give the church community or the church body as a whole an opportunity to actually fix what the problem was. There is a difference. When you have a challenge, because a challenge, when you're a part of a family, you give the family an opportunity to fix it. Wow. When you are offended, you make up your mind and you make a decision before the door is ever open That's for so it to be reconciled or rectified. Lord have mercy. Uh, I want you to look at somebody near you. Keep the droplets to yourself and tell them this is going to be good. Listen, before we go too far, listen, I want us to get on the same page on the definition of offense. If you're uh, taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, here it is. This is what offense means. Offense means the act of creating resentment, hurt feelings, displeasure, especially of feeling hurt, resentful, or angry. Let's read it again. Offense is the act of creating resentment, hurt feelings, displeasure, um, especially a feeling hurt, re resentful, or angry. Biblically speaking, there is a Greek word that I want us to pay attention to. And the Greek word is skandalon. 
I'll spell it for you. S-K-A-N-D-A-L-O-N. And what it means, listen, it's the name of the part of a trap to which the bait is attached. Hence, the trap or snare itself. I'll say it again. Scandalon is the name of the part of the trap to which the bait is attached. Hence, the trap or snare itself. Uh, one of the things that I want to recommend highly um, tonight is the book by John Bevere entitled The Bait of Satan. Yeah. The Bait of Satan. We highly recommend everyone that's listening to this either out here in the open air or watching us online, go and get the book. In the New Testament, scandalon is especially used metaphorically and ordinarily of anything that arouses prejudice or becomes a hindrance to others, causing them to fall by the way. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we miss this because we think offense is just to hurt feelings, but it's anything that causes for anybody to fall by the way. Somebody say, that's offense. That's offense. Some use the Bible, some uses in the Bible are a rock of offense, things that cause for people to stumble, things that cause for people to fall. There are stumbling blocks, occasions of stumbling in their lives. We ought to be careful because gossip can be an offense. Yeah. Gossip can call for people to stumble. And I think it's vitally important that we grab a hold of our mouths to use it for the purpose of the kingdom and not to use it and to be used by hell. Can I tell you a secret that's not really a secret? Hell wants to use your tongue. You hear me? I said hell wants to, hell wants to use your mouth and hell wants to get the glory out of what you say out of your mouth. Yeah. This is why it's important that we shift our language and we lend our mouth to the kingdom of God yeah. because God Gossip will ruin lives and gossip will ruin destinies if we're not careful. Somebody holler, offense. Offense. Listen. So let's look back at Genesis 4. So we read Genesis 4 when we first started, and it gives us a look at the very first rift that occurred in a family. And the first rift that occurred in a family was offense. When we look at Cain and Abel, we look at verse 2 there of chapter 4. First of all, it's important that we know that God gives every single person a role in a family. That's good. If you have committed to a family, you have a role. It doesn't matter what you feel like that day. The truth is that you have a role in a family. Your role is irreplaceable. Your role should not be compared to anybody else's, but God designs a family giving everybody a role. That the other thing that we see here is that family works in harmony from mutual, not necessarily equal, but from mutual sacrifice. If you look at verse 3, it talks about the sacrifice and the offering that each one of them was bringing. Then when you continue to look, you see that favor can be bestowed on one and not the other. The difference is what it provokes in you when you see favor on somebody in your family, both your natural family and your spiritual family. What does seeing favor provoke in you? We see in the story that this is where that first family rift begins to be created because the favor that's bestowed on the other provoked jealousy yeah. and it provoked uh, offense, but it did not provoke reflection. What we should see when we see favor bestowed on our sister, we see favor bestowed on our brother, we see favor bestowed on a leader, we see favor bestowed on a partner, it should provoke reflection. Offense 
is a choice. It was not the intention of God to show favor to one brother and to make the other brother stumble. But he chose offense. Cain had a decision to make yeah. pertaining to his perspective. Yeah. And his perspective, he let be offense. Offense is a sin, and sin devastates families. That Somebody so say unoffendable. Unoffendable. Undealt with offense brings about death of many kinds. I really want you to write that down. When you have undealt with offense, we see that death comes apart. We see it even here in Genesis 4. And that's why we've got to deal with offense, and it's very timely that we have a discussion about it. Because if you deal with it, we can get in front of death. Yeah. Death wants to take our lives, wants to take our families, wants to take our purposes, but you can make a decision if you're going to allow it. I've been teaching and sharing with people greatly, Dr. Jaquette, about the importance of them understanding the power of being a gatekeeper. Yeah. We stand at the gate of our own lives. We stand at the gate of our bloodlines. We stand at the gate of our cities. And we say what we allow or what we disallow. And you can make a decision that offense is not going to live in your life. Yeah. Because we realize that when people are offended, they have the ability to pass it down. Yes. So we've got to deal with it. Anybody whose mama was ever offended with somebody and wanted you to be offended with them too? Yep. Don't lie out here. I said, if your mama, your mama was offended and wanted you to be, you're like, they ain't do nothing to me. I actually think they're a nice person. And she's like, you need to be offended. <laughs> and you've got to be careful to get rid of it. Somebody say, get rid of it. Get rid of it. I have a question for you. How many of you um, have been, be honest, first of all, let me, let me say this. Let me lead with this. We say at this church that we are all jacked up. Let's try it again. You didn't say it loud enough. We say at this church that we are all jacked up, meaning we're all in the process. We're, yeah. all, we're all being perfected by God, and none of us are perfect. Yeah. We're all in the process. So it gives us the space at All Nations San Bernardino to be honest about where we are. The most beautiful thing last week was after you preached a fire message, by the way. But somebody make some noise for Dr. Jaquette. Fire! Something happened over the internet. Our nation San Bernardino broke the internet with transparency. Yeah. Being honest about their story and yeah. being honest about where they are. And, and, and I got to just drop this here. Listen, you should not feel shameful about being honest with your story. I heard many of you got backlash from people and people yeah. having things to say. It was the devil in the mouth of whoever said it. Tell them I said yes. it. Every last one of them. And if you felt like somebody pushed you to take it down or to tell you that you shouldn't have it up or you were telling too much, that was Satan. And you can tell them your pastor said so. Mighty God. So with that being said. Amen. Uh, we're about being honest at All Nations San Bernardino. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to be very honest tonight. How many of you know that you're harboring offense in your heart at the hand of a family member? Raise your hand. At the hand of a natural family. Raise it high. Come on. And remember the definition. So we talk about hurt feelings, yeah. resentment, yeah. pain. Yeah. Any of that. Raise your hand. Okay. I want you to keep your hand. Ra raise up the other hand, and I'm about to pray for you. I'm about to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every individual with their hands raised right now. Yeah. And we speak right now to the spirit of offense. 
that was brought upon their life by a family member. Yes. We command that spirit of offense to go to the pits of hell from which it came. Yeah. The blockage that's been created to try to stop relationship and to try to stop connectivity. We break its power by the blood of the lamb right now in the name of Jesus. And we send that thing back to where it can. Now we decree in Jesus name that every wall of offense is broken now Jesus. in the name of Jesus. Every wall that's been created. I thank you Lord God that families after this moment are about to be restored. I'm talking about in the next 24 hours uh, there is about to be oh there is about to be freedom that's about to hit families uh, right now in the name of Jesus. Moms and sisters and, and uncles and aunts and, and brothers uh, are about to be united once again and Satan is not going to win but I thank you Lord that your word is being sent. Hey! You send your word of healing and so we send the word of healing to every offended heart right now in the name of Jesus my God I thank you Lord God you're dealing with the mother womb and you're dealing with the father womb and you're dealing with the sibling womb and you're bringing the healing right now in the name of Jesus if you feel with the Holy Ghost just take about 60 seconds and just start praying in the Holy Ghost come on just for a moment I feel something shifting just open your mouth in prayer I thank you now that you have the grace of God the anointing of the breaker hallelujah the anointing of the breaker bow parasia the anointing of the breaker let it be loose right now let it be loose right now i command now get off of them you spirit of offense i thank you lord right now that you're exchanging now you're exchanging yeah. the hard heart and you're giving them a heart of flesh yes. they will feel again they will be sensitive to their family members they will be sensitive to their loved ones and hell will not get the glory no and hell will not win Jesus. and hell will not succeed but the kingdom of heaven is being sent through the power of forgiveness and through the power of love yes, and we God. declare it now in the name of Jesus come on give God a quick shout of praise hey, hey, hey. hallelujah Jesus hallelujah Jesus Woo! thank you God thank you for mending families mending families Jesus a lot of times what we find and why we thought that was so important yeah. that we make sure that we are intentional about looking at where these offenses are because it's not that you get in one community and all of the sudden you become offended yeah. but the offenses that we may have that came um, at the hand of family or in different situations it begins to spill over before we even know it and so we start to treat situations as if they're identical yeah. and so there's it makes no sense and it's not the design of God for you to war for a connectivity with your church family and your natural family be in disarray he wants your natural family in order that is the basis for what he is doing even in our church communities even in our church families and so you can't forgive somebody here if you won't forgive somebody there wow you've got to start with forgiving your family That's so true so here are some of the dangers of being offended. Um, one of the things that we find is that it is a distraction. Being offended is a distraction to you, and it takes a believer away from their destiny. The other thing that offense will do is that it will take you away from God's plan for your life. People have removed themselves from relationships and situations and then not had access to the plan that God has for their life because of offense. 
The other thing that offense will do is that it causes you to surround yourself with people who agree with your offense. So what it does is it creates an offensive yes. line. Yes. And so we're not playing sports, y'all, so it's not good this time. But it creates an offensive line, and it becomes not just your offense, but it becomes a stronghold of offense. Wow. It's kind of like those friends, they just gas you, gas you, gas you, right? You got on a dress, and it don't look great. Look but if mess. your friends tell you that you look good in that dress, every chance you get, you put on that dress. Offense does the same thing. Woo. It causes you to put yourself in situations where you find other people who will agree with your offense. And then men's opinion becomes the basis of how you live your life. Wow. Offense will give you wounds, and those wounds cause you to isolate yourself. Isolate yourself from family. I just isolate yourself from community. Isolate yourself from healthy people who would be able to help you if you would be willing to deal with your offense. I have literally seen offense rob people of their joy. Wow. And out of nowhere, they become depressed. And they, they can't even put words to it. It will rob you of your strength. You all of a sudden feel lonely. You feel like you are without. You feel like you are outside watching others live their life and progress. It robs you of peace. Because when you have offense, there's something about that isolation that then pushes you to live in your head. Offense will leave you with your thoughts, and it will leave you with your thoughts to die. Wow. Because the enemy comes to steal, to kill, yeah. and to destroy. Yeah. He doesn't come with another agenda. Right. And so anything that you are harboring, anything that you are thinking on that is causing you to lose, it is from Hell, offense will do this to you. Offense will have you worn out. The other thing I notice about offense is offense makes you extremely critical. Wow. Offense will make you criticize a seat that you've never sat in. Listen to this. Offense is what makes you talk about the way that President Trump presidents our, our nation. They're quiet now. They're quiet. I know they were going to say better than that. But it's offense. It's offense, and it may not be with him, but it may be with leadership. Yeah. It may be with somebody who was in a role that didn't do what they were supposed to do. Right. And so you become pre-offended, and you become extremely critical. Somebody who is offended has something negative to say about every single thing. If you're offended, you got something to say about the way the chairs are spaced out. If you're offended, you got something to say about the message. If you're offended, you got something to say about worship. If you're offended, you got something to say about the way somebody said hi to you. If you're offended, you don't like the pictures on the website. If you're offended, you don't like the people on the team. If you're offended, you don't like who we hired on staff. If you're offended, you got a problem with everybody on the armor bear. You offended, you don't like the way the little kid walked by. It makes you critical. Nobody would knowingly take the bait. So don't take this personal, wow. right? Because you got like, you have the tendency, we all do. I'm in this too. We have the tendency when we hear stuff like this to start putting our walls up. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Everybody is subject to this. Nobody is willingly taking the bait. It was bait. 
It was bait. It lured you in to an inheritance that didn't belong to you. I know you didn't know that it was a trap, but we're telling you today it was a trap. We need to realize who is behind every single offense. Satan. Wow. Satan is behind every single offense. And what he's doing is he's using people as bait. The thing about offense, Dr. Jaquette, is that it's a highly complex um, system yeah. and it's consistently upgraded by the devil. Yep. It's consistently. consistently upgraded. And the, the system is designed against believers to get them out of the local church designated by God for them. Yeah. Even better, he doesn't want them attending church at all. Yeah. And some of you, some of you will miss, miss it because you'll think church has something about the religious activity of attending church. But remember, we're not talking about the religious activity of attending church. Yeah. We're talking about the concept of family. Finding forever family in the most unexpected places. Yeah. The enemy wants you to miss out on family. See, this is what he does. He says he put the solitude in families. He gives you the ability to step into family and for you to not be alone. One of his favorite things is to make you feel as lonely as possible. So when the context of family comes up in the system of the church, he wants to keep you out of it because he wants you to be alone in your pressures, alone in your heartache, alone in your process, alone in everything around you, and he doesn't want you to grab family. And so offense is his favorite system that he uses yeah. to make sure you get out of place yeah i know just a little bit about sports i tell you all at the time i would not play them because i felt like i was too important to the world i couldn't afford hurting myself oh my god but hey man i know you needed me so i didn't want to do anything to myself out there um but here's one of the things that i learned in studying the best and the worst and it's this in any competitive sport if we truly want to win we have to have a good defense yeah yeah. You got to have a good defense. I, I know that much. We can have great offense, but it is our D. If our defense is deficient, we won't win any games. Yeah. It's in the same way that it happens in life for us. We need a good defense against Satan's offense. Do you yeah. get this? You need a good defense. Somebody say a good defense. A good defense. And one of our first lines of defense against offense is simply to realize that offenses will come. Yes. That's my prophetic word to you. Offense is going to come. Yes. You will not escape an offense being sent towards you. But you can make a decision that you will not be offended. Yes. You, you, you will not stop offenses coming from family members, from work, from even from people inside of the house of God. But you can make a decision that you're not going to embrace it. There's some key steps that we can take to build our defenses and to ensure that we're ready when those offenses show up. See, this is all about tonight. This is all about us preparing you. Yeah. Not for you just to hear another message, but how will you maintain and how will you deal with circumstances that come towards you as the weeks progress? I need you to say, I'm undefendable. I'm unoffendable. I'm unoffendable. I am unoffendable. There was, um, what? <laughs> I'm just looking at you. There was um, a big wave, and it hit social media, and it was different places, and it was this concept of church hurt. Yeah. 
And it was really interesting because I never, I never considered myself a victim of church hurt because I live in a world with people. So to me, it was all people hurt. Right. Because I'm like, I just, people just hurt other people. Hurt people, hurt people. And like, if you're going to live with people, then you're going to get hurt. And so that was fine. I took on the church hurt thing. I'm like, okay, y'all want me to say church hurt, church hurt. But I'm not going to start saying church hurt without saying work hurt, without saying grocery store hurt, right? without, store saying, hurt. without saying gas station hurt, right. especially that one on the corner right there. I'd be like, good Lord, <laughs> gas station hurt. So, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not making fun of it, but what I'm literally saying is that everywhere that people exist, you have the risk to be hurt. The concept or the push for church hurt was to paint the church in a negative light as if something was happening in church that wasn't that happening, wasn't happening yes, anywhere ma'am. else. You don't call it family hurt. You call it hurt. And whoever that's doing the hurting, then they're the people doing the hurting. And so I think it's extremely important that you realize that you can become unoffendable. You literally can do it. You can live a life without offense. Being unoffendable is about this. Here's the first key. Is that you are more mindful of the things of God than the things of men. Wow. If you get a greater revelation of what God is doing than what men are doing, then you literally can build yourself as a person who is unoffendable because I live with what he is saying wow. and it has a greater impact on me than what other people around me are doing. And when I take a focus on what God is doing, it allows me to have grace for the people who are around me while they work through their process toward perfection. So I decide that the number one voice in my life is the perfected one. Wow. And so then I can extend that grace and mercy that he gives to me to the ones that he is still perfecting. When I look at Matthew 16 and 21, it says from that time, Jesus began to show show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So that's like, you know, if somebody started going around and they were like, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're going to crucify uh, y'all pastor. We're going to kill him in a few days. This is what y'all got coming y'all way. Some people start getting their guns. You know what I mean? We got carriers in the, in the audience and things like that. Y'all start saying, so y'all like, where is that? Like what it's going to do, what it's going to be. You know what I mean? And so, um, and so they knew ahead of time. So of course, this is the chance to be offended. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned and he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. This is what he said to somebody who was looking out for him. You are, you are an offense to me for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. We must become more aware of what God is doing, how he's using different things to strengthen us as individuals, how he's allowing people to work through their process. And if we would abide in the word, you have the ability to use the word as a sword, not a sword to hurt somebody, but a sword to rightly divide. Beautiful. When you use the word of God, you can actually divide what somebody's going through from what they did, from who they are. But the word 
word allows you to divide with precision. It's when you can't tell the enemy from your sister or from your brother, when you can't divide them, it's because you don't have enough word. But when you have enough word in you, you can rightly divide using the sword. Think about the situations where you've been offended before. I know I think about them. I think about different instances where I've been offended. And offense literally has come to rob me of money. Yeah. It's come to rob me of promotions. It's come to rob me uh, of relationships. It's come to rob me out of access and connections. Offense will literally come to rob you. So here's what the rightly dividing looks like. Get the mind of God on it. Get the mind of God of why you're in that place. Get the mind of God of why you're in that relationship. Get the mind of God of why you're in that position, why you're in that role. And then if you have the mind of God on it, you don't let offense take you out of the place or take you out of the position of what God has for you. That's why it works so well for people to be offended with God. If the devil can get you to become resentful against God, he can rob you of your entire destiny. You know how many people we meet and they're mad with God? God didn't save my family member. God let my, uh, let my family member die. God let this bad thing happen to me. God let this happen. God did this. God wasn't there for me. God left me. What could God do for me? It is the bait of Satan to separate you from a relationship with God. It's the first way that people walk away is to get offended with God. Then they will walk away from him. People have their stories of offense before coming here. Many people, this is not your first church. You've been to a church before. And with that comes the tendency to transfer offenses. I want you to think about other church situations you've been in. And I want you to raise your hand if you've been offended at another church. Listen, I want you to raise your right hand, both hands, <laughs> two hands. We're going to, I'm going to pray for you. Now, Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. This offense that came by way of a church that they were connected to, Father. I pray in Jesus' name for your healing grace to come. Yeah. What they thought was a safe place for some became a place, oh God, of great hurt and pain. And for some of them, it was simply the wrong perspective. Yeah. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that your hand would come and touch them right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will, oh God, not allow for this thing to be duplicated and for it to be passed down, God, from one circumstance to the next. But we decree in Jesus' name that the freedom of Almighty God is here and moving in their lives lives right now in the name of Jesus. We serve notice on this level of offense. Your time is up. Your time is up. Your time is up. And you will not block what God wants to happen. And I thank you, Lord God, that the transfer that the enemies wanted to bring, we thank you, Lord, that it's canceled now. And for many of them, Father, who felt like they have been over it, but the truth is they just hit it. I pray, yeah. I pray right now, Father, you would go into those hidden places right now and you will go and remove, oh God, that offense that was hidden 
Father, and that you would shine the light. Now I pray, glory, for the light of God to shine. Huh? Yeah. Huh? So let it shine right now to the souls of your people right now. Yeah. And let the healing grace of God, hey, glory, let the healing grace of God flow freely right now. And let the light of God shine on those places. And I pray, oh God, that the freedom of Almighty God be released to their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Somebody just shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to this. When believers realize what an offense is, where it comes from, and what it comes to do, then it be, they, they, they understand it's designed so they can deal with it at a different level. Yep. When I understand why offense was sent and who it came from, then I can deal with it and I can handle it. Know that Satan is behind the offense. And what he wants to bring to you is that he wants to bring hurt and he wants to bring resentment. And the Lord began to talk to me while we were preparing about the spirit of bitterness. Yeah. See, when you don't deal with offense and deal with it at the root, then the root of bitterness will begin to run deeply into your life. Yeah. And you'll become bitter and it will show and you'll try to make relationships and you'll try to go to the next level. But that bitterness will spread and move into all kind of points in your life. But I need about 100 people to just scream real loud, bitterness, go to hell. Bitterness, go to hell. That wasn't no scream. I need you to scream as loud as you can with your mask. Scream, bitterness, go to hell. Bitterness, go to hell. We're not going to be bitter. I'm going to say this. Some of us, we can't get a relationship. Some of y'all want to be married. You too bitter to be married, baby. I mean, too bitter. You got to deal with the spirit of offense. Yeah. Don't know man, y'all quiet on that, but don't know man or woman want somebody bitter. Yeah. You better, y'all are trying, he's just trying to get you some popcorn. And you're like, I can pay for my own popcorn. I need you to buy nobody. You better, boo. All right, let's move on. Resentment and offense is, is, is sin. Listen, the enemy is swaying and influencing the wills of people. Yeah. He's influencing your will to offend you. He wants you to perceive something in the wrong way. And if you perceive it wrongly, you become offended. Yep. You could think something is happening that isn't happening.
So being undefendable <laughs> is the ability to cultivate the fruit of the spirit to retrain your personality wow. and your natural responses. Wow. I'll say that again. Being undefendable is the ability to cultivate the fruit of the spirit and to retrain your personality and your natural responses. Being offendable is more about response than managing your experiences in both church and family. Did you hear that? I'm gonna say it again. Being offendable is more about your response. It's more about your response. Being offendable is more about your response than it is managing your experiences. Yeah. And so when you understand that, you can get to a place of freedom. And these experiences can be both in church and in natural families. Yeah. You want to get to the place of managing your responses. Yeah. Because we feel like we have the right. Go ahead, Apostle. When we look at 1 Corinthians 13 and 5, it says, It is not conceited arrogant and inflated with pride it is not rude and it does not act unbecomingly you know what they're talking about love yeah love god's love in us does not insist on its own rights and it does not insist on its own way it is not self-seeking it is not touchy it is not wow. fretful it is not resentful it takes no account of evil done to it it pays no attention to a suffered wrong. When you get in the position where you have a laundry list of bad things that somebody or some place has done to you, you are offended and you are walking outside of love. Why? Because love doesn't keep a record. Some of you have 20-year-old records Please of listen. things that people have done to you, 15-year-old records, 10-year-old records, and you think you're walking in love. You think that you're reflecting the character of Christ. Christ doesn't keep a laundry list of what you have done to him. Christ doesn't keep a laundry list of how you have wronged him. So for anybody, any person, any place, anything that you have a list of wrongs, you're walking outside of love. Wow. Wow. Bad things are going to happen in the midst of a family, both natural and spiritual. People are going to be rude. They are. People are going to be jealous. They are. Stop being surprised. Yeah. That is the oldest war tactic. The oldest. When an army wants to attack another army, they use the element of surprise. Wow. Because they try to catch you off guard. Every time you are surprised when you find unkindness, every time you're surprised when you find jealousy, every time you're surprised when you find bad things happening, you are falling into the trap of the enemy. Read your history books. Every time they surprise them, they won. Yes, if you refuse to let the enemy surprise yeah. you, you get to win. I am unoffendable. Undefendable. I am unoffendable. Why? Because the enemy can't surprise me by people being people. 
because what I realize oh, is that as soon as people are being people, I know that God will always be God. And as long as God is God, then people can be people. And nobody will rob me of my community. You preaching, ma'am. I want to read something to you that John Bevere said in his book, Bait of Satan. He said, offended people still may experience, this rocked me, still may experience miracles, yep. words of utterance, yep. strong preaching, yep. and healing in their lives. But these are the gifts of the Spirit, not fruits. We will be judged, I love this, John, we will be judged according to the fruit, not gifting. Listen! A gift is giving, but fruit is cultivated. That rocked me. That, that gift, you were given freely, but the fruit, you got to cultivate yourself. Y'all, the fruit speaks of character. This is Sherman speaking, not John. Now, guess this. The fruit speaks of character. And so it's easy to be able to point at everybody else. Yep. But when you begin to deal with you and your responses, yeah. we are now talking character, yeah. my character. What does my character look like? How is my character being manifested? And you can go on and you can experience all these supernatural things and still be offended. Listen. And some of us think because we are a church that God is blessed with deaf ears opening, blind eyes opening. We're seeing growths disappear. And you'll sit somewhere and think that just because God has released his power and just because the gifts are flowing, that there is not offense in the place. But I want you to understand that Satan doesn't mind you experiencing the power of God. If you're going to go home with bad character, y'all ain't said nothing. Satan doesn't mind you experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to remain, remain unopened offended person I refuse to walk in God's supernatural power and be offended listen I refuse to prophesy and be offended listen I refuse to cast out devils and be offended listen I refuse to work miracles and be offended I refuse to speak the tongues of angels and of men and be offended at the same time I want my heart clear because I refuse to let other people be blessed by what I carry but then I myself not be changed by it mighty God we gotta move listen just because you were mistreated doesn't mean you have permission to hold on to the offense. We're not saying you weren't mistreated. Nope. We're not saying anybody didn't do anything to you. Nope. We're not saying that you weren't victimized. Nope. What we are saying is that doesn't mean you should hold on to it. That doesn't mean you should let the root go deep. Let's look at Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 31, very quickly. It says this, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tenderhearted look at this please forgiving one another yeah say it again forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you yeah that vitally important because we want to be forgiven yeah but oftentimes the same people that want to be forgiven refuse to forgive yep So you're allowing for chains to be around your heart whenever you embrace unforgiveness. When you embrace unforgiveness, you don't want God to hear you. We don't preach that often. Your prayers are hindered when unforgiveness flows and creates offense in your life. Go ahead, Apostle. I, yeah. I got to move. <laughs> Come on. 
Mm. And so we make it our daily goal yeah. to live without any offense. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Um, we've been in quite, quite the situation My God. Uh, several different times. But you literally have to make a conscious decision that today I wake up and I cannot be offended. I will not be offended. Nothing will penetrate this wall of defense that I'm building around what God is doing on the inside of yeah. me. I am unoffendable. Acts 24 and 16 says, this being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and men. It is an intentional prayer wow. that Paul states here in Acts 24. Sometimes we can forgive and release quickly, but other times, I mean, it hurt deep. I'm saying like you was like, I want to forgive, but listen, this one right here, like, can I just sin and then I'll come back to you, Lord, kind, right, kind of stuff, right. right? Like, can I pop the pop the off and then just run back to your Lord, yeah. run back in your bosom. But right here, I need to go out of your bosom real quick and get, get real carnal. Give me a minute. But we have to keep a clear conscience. Let me tell you something. Being unoffendable is worth it. It is. The benefits that you get, it is worth it. But we have to keep a clear conscience so that when offense comes looking, it doesn't find other friends. We have the tendency to judge other people by their actions, but we want to be judged by our intentions. So we say stuff like, well, you know me, or you know what my intentions are, but you never take the time to get the intention of somebody else. You want to judge them by their actions. Yes, ma'am. But you want to be judged by your intentions. That's the last thing we're going to do, to here, do today. Listen. If, and I need you to be 100% honest. If you've experienced offense in this church, raise your hand. This church, in this church. I want you to stand up. Stand up. If you have experienced offense in this church, I'm going to stand too. I know I have mercy. Jesus. I'm going to stand 20 times. Listen. 10. A thousand times. <laughs> I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands. And, and, and while your hands are lifted, thank you, Holy Spirit. There, there is about to be intense freedom that's about to come to you. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you how swiftly it's going to come. I hear the Lord saying, immediately. There is about to be immediate freedom yeah. that's about to hit your heart. If you release this to God, Yes. this immediate freedom is about to flow to you. Yep. And the Lord is about to bring you to a place woo, of renewed trust in him. Jesus. And renewed trust in family and renewed trust in community. There is about to be freedom. Oh, my God. While your hands are lifted, I just want you to repeat after me, Lord, I receive my freedom. Lord, I receive my freedom. Woo. Jesus. Say it again. Lord, I receive my freedom. My Come on, say it again. Lord, I receive my freedom. Lord, I receive my freedom. Father, now I speak clearly to this spirit of offense. Jesus. That happened inside of this church. Yes. And I bind it up now and I cast it to the pits of hell from which it came. Yeah. And I decree in the name of Jesus, whom the Son sets free, is free indeed. I thank you, Lord God, that you, oh God, are even getting rid of expectations that you never intended to be there. Wow, that was amazing. Agreed.
We want you to stay connected with All Nations San Bernardino. Do not let the uplifting stop here. Join us on Facebook or Instagram for more amazing content. We want to connect with you. And guess what? If you're in town or even out of town, come visit us at All Nations San Bernardino all the way live.